Mom. super duper high and watched like two episodes and that was the last time we watched queer queer's folk oh so sad it's such so a it's sad. such a fun one it's such a it's a very dramatic early 2000s fun one yeah it was i mean i don't know i wish i think if like if i have a boy a, like a long-term boyfriend who's never seen it or like my husband's never seen it that's the next that's like the only time i'll ever watch it again <laughs> yeah but you'll never watch don't ever watch the finale obviously stop Mm-mm. it the episode before i will literally tell him be like bitch you can watch you like you watch the last episode or the second yeah, to like, last episode oh and then you skip to like the last to the two end minutes just to listen yeah. to the music but don't listen to the voiceover <laughs> yeah like that's it like we're saving you some heartbreak we're saving you like months of you know build up yeah. <laughs> to nothing you're welcome god um yeah, <sighs> god damn that, that show that ending okay well let's start hello everybody hello welcome to anyways how's your sex life we are your slutty hosts i'm channa i'm Corey. And welcome everybody, episode 72. What's yes. up? Yes. Yes. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's a long time. It's exciting. Well, we have one announcement for you guys. A mm. very big earth-shattering, life-changing, balls-dropping announcement for you guys. So, starting I'm next gay. week, <laughs> Corey's gay. Corey's actually uh, straight. He's been straight the whole time, and actually, Corey and I have been in love this whole time. We fooled you guys, made it seventy-two episodes in, and we we it's finally out. But starting next Friday, we are changing up the podcast format a bit. So basically, how it's going to go is um, we'll start the episode off like normal, doing our spooky scoops, fact facts, all that fun stuff. But then instead of both of us having a segment, only one of us will. So we'll take turns. For example. Next week, I'll have the the segment, so I'll do a true crime one. Then the following week, following week, not wink, um, Corey would do a supernatural one, and we'll just go back and forth. Um, so episodes will be shorter, obviously, instead of two hours, two and a half hours. They will probably be between like an hour to an hour and a half. Um, and yeah, uh, you'll still see us every single week. It'll just be a little bit different, but it'll yeah. be fun. We promise. It's and gonna be a good time. We'll 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 uh, orchestrate it to where like if it's Channa's week and she's doing true crime, then she'll start off doing her spooky scoop and then I'll do a faggot fact and then she'll do a spooky scoop. So it'll alternate between the two. Yeah. Scoops. So you still get like a you know uh, alternation between voices. Yeah, it won't be just me talking for an hour and a half. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I won't like give my faggot fact and then just react for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll try and uh, we'll, and then like yeah, the next week I'll like start off and then she'll do her spooky scoop and then I'll do my supernatural segment for the next week. Yeah. yeah, and if you guys have any feedback on the new format, just go ahead and let us know. Slide into our DMs on on our Instagram. Just search for Instagram by searching A H Y S L podcast or just anyways has her sex life. 
Um, you could also email us, ahyslpodcast at gmail.com. Go yes. to our website, ahyslpodcast.com. Facebook, you name it, Pornhub, we're there. So just, you know, message us because we appreciate feedback. But we'll definitely be keeping to this type of format <laughs> ongoing. But if you, if but you if you have, hate it, like if you just, yeah, you can send it to us, you can rant, but like, I mean, we're not changing. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. What I meant by that though, is like the same base format's going to go where we're going to go every other week, like true crime, supernatural. Oh, yes. But if you think that we should do something different with spooky scoops or faggot facts, or if you think that, you know, we need to do one other thing or something like that, I don't know. Any like feedback, comments, questions, concerns, whatevs, send yeah. it our way. And we'll still have every month, uh, at the last the last Friday of that month, that podcast will talk about movie of the month. Yes. Like today, we're going to talk about Knife, Knife Plus, Plus Heart. Yes. Fun. Yes, Daddy. Well, that's my only announcement. Corey, do you have an announcement at all? Nope. When are you going to be announcing the next movie? Is it, are you going to announce it next week? Oh, I'll announce it. Yeah, I'll announce it next week because I'll, I'll have everybody uh, do it on Instagram or vote nice. for it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, so check out our Instagram um, on Monday, are you posting on Monday? Mm-hmm. On Monday, and then you can vote on which movie you want to be our uh, July yes. movie. Yes, yes, Daddy. Well, let's get started. Okay, we're gonna talk about body modifications. So there's like three main categories that I'm talk about, which is gonna be nipples, vaginas, oh. and penises. Oh. <gasps> yes. Y- yes. So. Nipple piercings are basically nipple piercings. I don't I don't know what else to say about that. Think one. of a nipple and think of a piercing. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, done. You can get like a barbell through it. You can get a hoops. I don't know. You could get, I don't know, squirrelies coming off of it. I don't know. You, you know, I kind of want my nipples pierced. You I feel like that's, that's, t- that's a fun. Oh, yeah. I don't. Uh, I think it looks hot, but I don't I don't want it. I think it looks like super fun when you're wearing like a shirt and that like it's kind of like a tight shirt so you can see like the the piercings a little bit. That's super fun. I'm like, ooh, I'm like, you bad bitch. Every time I see that, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, bitch. Yes, bitch. Um, then we have vagina piercings. So let's talk about hey. the different vagina piercings that you can get. So no thanks. We have barbells and rings. Uh, you can get barbells and rings on. Oh God. Here we go, everybody, and everyone, be quiet. <laughs> Let's let Corey explain, say these words. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we get it, Corey. You're gay. Oh my god, which one is it? The is it labia majora? I'm not saying anything. Fuck. I'm just. I love. I love okay. enjoying watching you On do this. On the labia majora, <laughs> which are the big ones. <laughs> oh my god. And then the labia minora. Uh, oh, a menorah yeah we have a little menorah <laughs> every time we like pop up on our pussies a little menorah comes out and you have to light a candle every I, like, night i don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> okay you have the big woobity woobities and you have the littler <laughs> woobity woobities there we go um, That's you can science. get <laughs> you can get barbells and ring piercings on these um uh, with barbells, people frequently get these to boost sensation during sex uh, without worry of getting them easily caught or, or pulled during play versus rings, which are a little bit more dangerous and have some risk to them. Ooh. Yeah, so like go with the risky one because why not? Um, there are also hypoallergenic or hypoallergenic threads or chains that you can get to like uh, modif- modify them to spread the lips open more to get Whoa. like, yeah. Then I don't know. Um, you can also do it to lock them together, which is a form of non-penetrative chastity. There are also some people who go as far to pierce their clitoris. 
Um, Ooh, danger, danger, though, though. It is expressed extensively that this requires a lot of thought and experience and in, in getting pierced around your genitals before you get your clitoris pierced. There is a story that I read of what this person getting it, and while they did enjoy the experience, it was a, a, like pain and pleasure indivisible. That's a Hellraiser sort of shout out there. Her screams were so loud. They were like positive and negative. They were like screams of ecstasy and screams of pain. They were so loud while she got this piercing on her clitoris at a shop that uh, that everybody was like, oh, my God, should we, like, call the police and, like, tell them that this is okay? <laughs> because, oh like, my she God. screamed so long and so loud that about it, like, hurting and, and like, the, all the intensity of the feeling that she got. She's, like, squirting aggressively as she's screaming. Good for her. <laughs> Good but for you have her. to be careful with clit piercings, though, because if you go to someone that doesn't that doesn't really know how to pierce your clit and they do it wrong, you could lose feeling in your clit forever. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they could like cut off your like nerves how do you, or whatever. How do you know? How do you like? How are you like? I'm an experienced clitoral piercer. <laughs> you know, I don't know, and like I will never know that answer. But you know, kudos to the people that are experienced. Mom, I'm going to college. Piercing. I'm going to college, and I'm, I'm going to clitoris college. Clitoris college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like every frat boy ever. <laughs> oh my god, I hate us for just saying that. Then, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Let's go to clitoris college. I like college. put on bro. my snapback and start vaping right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's also, I read this story about some girl. This is like under miscellaneous body modification. So there's this story about some girl who got a magnet inserted near her clitoris. I think she got one on each side or just like one near it. And it was suddenly possible for her to get an erotic jolt from from vibrations triggered by the energy of a basic house fan. (laughs) That's so specific. uh, That's so specific. That's so specific. Um, this you know is what? like this, this, this is like mostly her. This is like paraphrasing her words. Um, also, starting a car motor felt good when she would like turn the key of the ignition. Um, and the notion of feeling the music when she said that she would go to a club took on a new meaning. As if she would stand near loudspeakers or just being by a lot of bass, it would create enough like electromagnetic field or like vibration from the bass to give her sexual pleasure. Whoa. Whoa. That is next level. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all living down here, and she's living up there. <laughs> yeah, she's, like, current mood, like, getting off from just, like, blasting music in the car. That's oh, crazy. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to penis piercings now. So we'll Aye. start with the classic Prince Albert. This is obviously just, like, the the hoop through the urethra coming out the bottom or coming out the top. It usually just only comes out the bottom, uh, like, the, the base of the penis or not the base of the penis, sorry, like the underside of the penis. People get this piercing and have expressed pleasure uh, regardless of whether the penis is erect or not. Um, hmm. It's also pleasure for the person that you're having sex with. Also, they, there is an extensive, like an extreme version of the Prince Albert where you can attach weights oh, um, Lord. to it. Which, uh, okay, go for it. Um, and then also... <laughs> There's one where you can restrict erections by attaching the ring to an immovable object like your thigh or it's pulled backwards and attached <gasps> to something like a butt plug. Isn't that Whoa. crazy? That's crazy. That's like, that's some crazy ass porn right there. That's some there. crazy ass <laughs> porn. Now there's also two uh, specific piercings, which uh, 
go through the head of the penis, sort of like uh, that's a barbell piercing that goes through the head of the penis. There's one that is named that is, is going horizontally, and then there's one that's going vertically through the penis. Oh. Um, this is, th- these are super old piercings that date back to like the 400 uh, BC or, you know, before Christ holes. Christ holes. <laughs> oh shit. Do you think Jesus had a penis piercing? Oh my God. Because <gasps> there's literally a specific piercing where you can get both and it creates a cross. Oh, Jesus totally has a cross pairing on his dick. We figured that's out Christianity. Crazy. Oh my God, we that figured out Christianity. The, that's why the cross is so important. It wasn't because he was like crucified. It's because he had a fucking cross penis piercing. Oh my God. 400 years before Christ holds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's the the horiz- or the vertical one is called the Apadrayava, something like that. I'm pronouncing that yep. horribly wrong. That's um, right. <laughs> and then the uh, vertical one is the Ampalang, Ampayanga. Or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong. Oh, other way around. Other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that. The first one's it. vertical. The second one's horizontal. Sorry. Um, the results of this, especially the especially these barbell ones versus the Prince Albert, uh, result in a lot more uh, sexual pleasure for the woman as the barbells will hit the vaginal walls and they're very safe as well because they're just a barbell. And if you want to get this like undone and you don't like it, it takes about a year to for this to heal. Just so you know. So yeah, whoa, we'll yeah. Um, there's also groups in Indonesia that have done this throughout history. Um, the guys will also insert pebbles underneath their underneath the skin to create friction and like just like a, just like the the like a ribs condom. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. Exactly. So just like you would use this body modification now, you would use this piercing right now to pleasure a woman. There are tribes or groups in indonesia over history that would use this to like you know pleasure the woman by sticking pebbles underneath their skin you know, and having it that's, heal yeah that's very thoughtful thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not like a that's like you know pretty painful i'm sure to to you know put pebbles under your penis skin and let that heal just to pleasure the woman so that, yeah, that's pretty nice it's pretty nice of them well yeah yeah go, like go them you know if you're gonna go to those those links like go you Okay, and then the last one is called the Gucci, Ooh, <laughs> which basically yes, uh, consists of having the base of the scrotum pierced with a, like, you know, hoop earring or... <laughs> I don't <laughs> just mean a, hoop. <laughs> just a hoop earring. <laughs> just like one you bought, you oh, bought from Claire's. The, and you I'm, just, picturing, like, like, that I'm picturing, like, the Patrick meme with, like, his scrotum, like, fucking pierced with, like, huge gold hoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what it is. Oh, my God. Or you can get a barbell here, but it's called the Gucci. If you basically pierce your scrotum, um, there you go. So, like, get that done if you would like. So the last little thing I want to talk about is there's this dude who actually lives in Utah, by the way, who is creating this body modification called the Lovetron 9000 because he's straight. <laughs> so it's that's like the most like Jimmy Neutron shit I've ever heard. The Lovetron nine thousand. It's like Jimmy Neutron when he's like twenty eight and like is an incel dude and like he's yeah. trying to make something. Like yeah. exclusively drinks like th- like Mountain Dew. Yeah. Oh my god. So it's basically a vibrator that is implanted at the base of your penis that you can like click on and click off. So while you're having sex with somebody at the same time that you are like penetrating them and going in and out and creating like, you know, good vibrations that way, you are also, <laughs> I just ruined the, the Beatles or not the Beatles song. Dear oh God, my the God. Beach Boys. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Corey? I, I know it's you. the Beach Boys. I know it's the Beach Boys. Um, <laughs> as I'm, I'm shook it. <laughs> 
So as you're so next time when you're having sex, think of the the Beach Boys song, or rather Goodbye. the Beatles song, "Good Vibrations." Yeah, and then think of me murdering Corey. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this a vibrator that's supposed to vibrate while you're having sex, and it's supposed to react to the emotion of you having sex to like not only pleasure somebody with the friction of your penis, but also with the vibration of it. Could of you imagine the love the Lovetron nine thousand? Could you imagine you're like fucking someone you don't know that they have a vibrator implant, and you're just like going to town. You're like, this is so fun that out of nowhere you just feel like a vibrator in your ass or a vibrator and you're like up your vagina. <laughs> I would like, probably have what? to say that that would require extra extra consent. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but just like imagine the situation, you would be so confused. You're like, how is this vibrating? You're like, you're am like, I queefing? I don't know. Am <laughs> like, I queefing? what's happening? <laughs> That'd be like the best, the best like cartoon uh, advertisement is just like Love Tron, Love Tron 9000. Am I queefing? Am I queefing? <laughs> is this a pleasure queef? Is this the pleasure queef? So yeah, that that's the fucking body modifications, y'all. So have fun with that. Well, fun. Now let's talk about chlamydia. Okay. Let's do it. So my spooky scoops, as y'all know, have been on STDs. This is my last STD spooky scoop for a... For at least a couple weeks yes. at least like a month so i like to only like group spooky scoops like this for four or five episodes at a time so otherwise we all get burnt out on just talking non-stop about scds yeah. so today my final for the next few weeks is chlamydia and again just like the other few i am getting this information directly from plannedparenthood.com because they obviously should be the ones telling this information not just me so I'm going to be reading this info for y'all. Are you ready to get woke on chlamydia? Yes. Sorry, I just need to move your video so I can see your reactions. <laughs> I I love oh. talking about STDs because they shook with you. I know. Okay. <laughs> chlamydia is fine. Chlam- actually, this one will not this will not shake me that much because it's true. just chlamydia. It's just chlamydia. Yeah. The other ones <laughs> are like sleepers and scary and really painful. Like you want cancer? <laughs> That's what the other ones are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So chlamydia is a bacterial infection that's easily cured with antibiotic medicine. It's yes. one of the most common STDs, and most people who have chlamydia um, don't show any symptoms. Chlamydia is hella common. Um, it's a bacterial infection that you can get from any sexual contact with another person. Close to 3 million Americans get it every year, uh, most commonly among 14 to 24-year-olds. Um, chlamydia is spread through vaginal, anal, and oral sex. The infection is carried in semen, precum, and vaginal fluids. Chlamydia can infect the penis, vagina, cervix, anus, urethra, eyes, and throat. Yes. Uh, most people with chlamydia your don't have eyes? any symptoms. Yeah, chlamydia of your of the eye. <laughs> but most people. <laughs> is it just pink eye? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know actually. Is chlamydia of the eye pink eye? What is pink eye? Chlamydia. <laughs> Uh, i don't know let's keep on reading most people with chlamydia don't have any symptoms they feel totally fine so they might not even really know that they're infected chlamydia can be easily cleared up with antibiotics but if you don't treat chlamydia it may lead to major health problems in the future that's why std testing is so important the sooner that you know you have chlamydia the faster you can cure it and you can prevent chlamydia by using condoms every time you have sex so wear a condom kids Chlamydia can be sneaky because you probably won't have any symptoms that you can see or feel. Sometimes the signs of chlamydia are as mi- are mild, 
or they mistake the symptoms for something else. Most of the time, people don't even realize that they have like full-blown chlamydia, and that's part of the reason it's such a common infection and why it's so easy to spread because you don't really know that you have it. And again, this is why it's important to get tested. Chlamydia can lead to serious infections and even infertility if you don't treat it, but it's usually easy to catch, easy to cure. Again, go get ST, just go get tested, everybody. That's just really the whole thing with chlamydia. So some signs of chlamydia, like if you do have some symptoms, these are the things to look out for. And this can take several weeks after you got the infection to actually show up. Um, and, the, and these symptoms can, can uh, affect like both men and women. But you can get uh, pain or burning while peeing, pain during sex, lower belly pain, Ooh. abnormal vaginal discharge that may be yellowish and have a strong smell. No, Not to be confused with abnormal vaginal discharge is associated with yeast infections. So like there's two <laughs> big differences there. Just if like, it's a yeast you're, infection, you're on your own. <laughs> no, if you're a yeast infection, you know, you just go get some monostat, pop that shit in, yeah, you're bitch. good. Whatever but the if fuck it's, that is. If it's chlamydia, <laughs> like, go get tested. But anyways, uh, also, if you start bleeding between your periods, that's, like, what? not a good sign. Um, if there's pus or watery slash milky discharge from the penis – Big yikes there. If you have, this is why I love being able to see you. That's not normal. Because <laughs> you're like, chlamydia is no big deal. I'm like, yeah, if you have like watery slash milky discharge from your penis, yeah. you probably have chlamydia. I mean, unless you're orgasming. <laughs> you shouldn't have milky discharge from your penis. Otherwise, yeah. it's chlamydia. <laughs> for uh, the like, for the like 10 to 30 seconds that you're orgasming, like, please. <laughs> If you have swollen or tender testicles, bad news, or pain, discharge, and or bleeding around the anus, bad news. Um, if chlamydia affects your eyes, um, you may have redness, <laughs> itching, or discharge. Your eyes just fall out. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, milky discharge, like, vaginal discharge somehow. They're bleeding. It's <laughs> you like know, if you have milky dis- discharge and it jump, like, jump cuts to, like, Indiana Jones when his face melts off in the, arc, or, <laughs> the last crusade or whatever. Or no, oh that's God. just the first one. That's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my God. Okay, that's actually fact. That's what chlamydia does to everybody. <laughs> Here we are, Dr. Dr. Martin and Dr. Jones. Specifically, this, oh my God, and you're Dr. Jones. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's me, Dr. Jones. Holy shit. Oh my shit. God, if you have chlamydia of the eyes, that is what That's happens. That's what happens. Sorry, buddy. We don't make the rules. God damn it. Rules. God makes the rules. <laughs> Blame God, everybody, Blame God. not us. <sighs> Sometimes chlamydia infections in the throat can cause soreness, but that's pretty rare. Now, if you or your partner you know have any else of can these cause symptoms, soreness of the throat. a sucking dick or COVID nineteen, or COVID nineteen, wash go get your checked. hands, <laughs> go get checked. That was Which a I range have a of horror emotions. story a about. Range of right, I will tell my horror COVID story at the end of the podcast because it, it's a good yeah. one. Holy shit, it's a fun it's a good one. one. So if if you or your partner have any of these symptoms, go to a nurse, doctor, go to Planned Parenthood, get tested, y'all. Um, it's especially important to get checked if you're pregnant. Now remember, most people don't show any signs, um, so that's why it's really important to get tested because you might have it and you might not know, and you don't want to spread that shit around, y'all. Do your yep. job, go get tested. Ooh, there's a quiz to see if you should be tested for chlamydia. What the fuck? Do you want to do it? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're like, I have every symptom It doesn't that you burn when I pee, and I've only had sex with one person since February. You, like, look, you like look down. <laughs> you look in the mirror, and your face is melting like Indian <laughs> Joe. <laughs> As I walk around, people just see my face melting. <laughs> They're like, They're shit, like, that guy has have, chlamydia of the eye. You have chlamydia of the eye. <laughs> Okay, so to get your chlamydia test, uh, all you do is you have to just pee in a cup. Very easy. Um, Sometimes the test is also done by gently rubbing your genitals with a cotton swab (laughs) to take cells from from your urethra, vagina, cervix, or anus. So either pee in a cup or they'll like check. Please just pee in a cup. (laughs) You don't want some like poor nurse to like gently rub you with a cotton swab. That poor girl or poor guy, poor like anyone. I would I would bust up laughing. <laughs> like like I'm so sorry that you're out of pee cups. This is what it, this one's come to. Oh my god. Uh, so those samples, whether that's through pee in the cup or the gentle touch, uh, is then tested for like I'm sorry bacteria. you went into like a hundred thousand dollars of debt just to swap my penis. <laughs> just to gently, gently cotton. <laughs> Cotton swab, swab my anus. My anus. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh man, we really take nurses for granted, y'all. <laughs> y'all, yeah. Oh it's my god. Nuts. My mom's a nurse. Yeah. So your mom might have gently. <laughs> no, she works in labor and delivery. She's fine. Well, then she definitely is like gently. She's definitely. Areas. Yeah, she definitely has. Good for her. Okay, chlamydia can also look like other STDs, such as gonorrhea. So your nurse or doctor might also have to test for a few infections, not just specifically chlamydia. Now, the idea of getting tested may seem scary, but try not to freak out. STD testing is a regular part of being a responsible person and taking care of your health. The good news is chlamydia is 100,000% curable, super easy. You get chlamydia, they're like, here's a Z-pack, pretty much, and you're good. You're good to go after that. Uh, and again, Fuck like yeah. you can go get tested for chlamydia through your doctor, through community health center, the health department, or your local Planned Parenthood. Um, in some states, you can even do an online visit and you can take a chlamydia test at home. So what? you can be even more That's like fun. private about it. That's cool. To sum this all up, Planned Parenthood's main point is to go get tested, y'all. It's mm-hmm. very easy to get tested. There's no shame in getting STD tested. Like everyone should do it. It's just part of being a healthy adult who yeah, is engaging who's in sex active with multiple partners <laughs> yeah so yeah go get go get std tested i get std tested like once a year well you have to when you get birth control yeah, you usually yeah. get like some like the basics like yeah I don't and, get and, and you usually have a but you usually have a partner yeah and i i as like a sexually active gay man i get tested three or four times a year yeah so it's yeah. important there's no shame in it everyone gets tested and uh, if you have any questions or concerns, Planned Parenthood COVID, is a wonderful resource. COVID, I've only tested once this year, but that's just because mm. COVID. Because COVID. Because I, I haven't gone out and had sex with people. Yeah. yeah. But go get tested, everybody. And like I said, if you have any questions or concerns, Planned Parenthood is a great resource, and they are there to help. And they have a wonderful website. You can call your local Planned Parenthood. I think they might even have, like... Cute. They do, yeah, they have so <clears> much, <throat> so many resources. They're there for you. And we're here for you. We love you guys. No yeah. judgment. That is chlamydia. Yay, chlamydia. Let's get on to my supernatural segment now. Yes, daddy. Today, mine is on the boogeyman, and specifically after that, El Coco. I might say El Cuco because 
it is there are many iterations or not iterations but many versions of el coco and sometimes it's referred to as cuco or coca and stuff like that like we'll get to it in, in a bit okay so um again this my my ver- my like segment today is extremely long or not extreme well it's it's long <laughs> it's good it's, a long one. it's good and it's long However, I might stop halfway through depending on how good it good it is, and we may do the El Coco part uh, next week. Let's start off, though, talking about the Boogeyman. So the Boogeyman yes. is known as the Boogeyman, the Boogie Monster, etc. He's a mis- mythical supernatural creature that can be found in almost every culture there is and is used by adults as a means of scaring children into behaving. In fact, folkloristics, and I looked up that word, that's like folk folklorologists. They're they're called folkloristics. Oh. They're, they're not folklorologists, wow. they're called folkloristics, okay? What do your fo- folkloristics pasties look like? <laughs> <laughs> My pasties are like little they're flaps that hang down that are in that look like tongues. But on the tongues, it's just like I don't know, what's a good like it's just the Mothman. It's just like fucking oh the moth. It's like the fucking Mothman, like chrome plate tongues that are like have the face of the Mothman coming down. That's what you know, it's so cute. I was going to say that mine were the Mothman butts, but pasty form. Yes. So I just had Mothman butts on my nipples. Yes. So cute. Twins. Did, did you literally see how this this year they have taken the Mothman and made it a queer icon? as well yes daddy yes, bitch we were so ahead of that we were ahead of we're, that yeah you heard we, it here we, you heard it here first everybody. we have sexualized and queerified mothman the a year ago or a year yeah, and a so. half ago two years ago almost yeah yeah so fuck y'all so fuck y'all we're a, like a year ahead of the time suck our dicks and clips yeah we're amazing <laughs> suck our private part <laughs> suck our private part suck okay. my non-pierced private part so folkloristics have categorized versions of the boogeyman in three main types. The first one is that it's a type that punishes or scares bad children. The second one is, is the type that is simply literally just out is just malevolent and is simply out to hurt, kidnap and steal children. Uh, sometimes only bad children, but other times it doesn't fucking matter. They're just fucking out to cause pain and, you know, anguish. The third type is the type that protects the innocent and punishes the guilty. These are usually not ageist. They, they, they will usually protect anybody of any age and they're out to kill and punish anybody of any age and not just children. Uh, a good example of this is, or a semi-good example of this is like the Slender Man. Because in some Ooh. iterations of the Slender Man, he is out to like protect children, especially like abused, marginalized, queer alone children or you know bullied children and sort of take them into his protection forever that also means like them disappearing and you know going wherever they go the monster's descriptions can vary drastically but have a few similarities first the variations of the boogeyman are almost exclusively male male Um, Most of the time they just are male and sometimes they are just androgynous but rarely ever is rarely is it ever a female a good example, though, could be like La Llorona is is a sort of iteration of the Boogeyman. Um, mm. But but we can get to that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, they also have claws, talons, or long, sharp teeth and are mostly considered to be spirits or like an ethereal entity 
whereas only a few descriptions or a few variations of the boogeyman are a demon or a witch or a mythological creature or beast. Spooky. Usually, so usually they're a spirit or an ethereal like shadow entity. This mythical figure has become so ubiquitous in our culture, especially like English-speaking cultures, that it has become synonymous with the devil or evil. So let's take a look at the etymology mm-hmm. of the boogeyman to see the possible reasons of why this could be like have become synonymous with the devil or synonymous with evil. So the word boogeyman is believed to, to be derived from the Middle English bogey, B-O-G-G-E, or B-U-G-G-E. This uh, usually meant something frightening or s- scarecrow. Like that was usually the word for mm. something frightening. And bugie, the B-U-G-G-E, was something for that meant scarecrow. Deeper meaning suggests that this comes from also the German boggle, B-O-G-G-L-E. I'm sure that's pronounced way different in, in German, uh, which meant goblin. Which is sort of Ooh, fun. Yeah, that's that fun? fun. And then for us fun nerds, this word, the, specifically the German like origin of these words, boggle, is related to the word bugbear, which uh, is imagined as a demon in the form of a bear that eats small children. It was also used to mean in a general object of dread, where I don't like that's that's really out there, and I don't get that, but that's yeah. whatever. That, that's what it's saying. Okay, cool. <laughs> I really just wanted to talk about bugbears because if you play D and D, bugbears are a like low level boss usually, or like a really I intense remember. thing to fight. Yeah, that our was first, one of my very first D and D sessions. Yeah, whenever the first the first thing we fought were goblins that was led by a bugbear, and it killed Bakes. And it, like it, it, it attacked him with its big club and it did so much damage that it did his HP in negative damage. So it instantly <laughs> killed him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm. Origins of the Boogeyman are extremely hard to pinpoint as it is, is so prevalent in not just English speaking cultures, but in all of humanity. So in the English speaking world, however, there are claims, which I actually checked and they're sort of shitty sources <laughs> mm. However, the claims do claim that it is very broad and not like very specific. Specific, but you know we're here for it. But so we're, we're here for it. it. Yeah. So the oldest claims uh, of the modern usage of the boogeyman, or what we would know as the boogeyman today, come from actually hobgoblins that were used in England in the 16th century. So depictions or uh, what, like the lore that surrounded hobgoblins and how they would treat children or interact with humanity, are that the- makes sense. Yeah, they're considered the original, the oldest original origins of the boogeyman, like what turned into the boogeyman as we know today, especially in English speaking countries. So let's talk about a couple of renditions and go through like, you know, some versions of of the boogeyman throughout the world. So let's go to Albania. So Albania, there is something called the Buba or the Bubba that is a serpentine month. What? Sorry. I call my grandpa Bubba. So that is real cute. Uh, so it is a serpentine monster, monster, and mothers oh, would tell cute. their children to be quiet, or the bubba would get them. Ooh. There's also the go goal, the g o g o l, that is a terrible giant that frightens children into being good. And also in Albania, because they like to scare their children, I guess there's something called the <laughs> lubia, which is a female demon with an appetite for the flesh of children and specifically yeah, girls. Oh, shit. So she has many heads. Versions go from seven to a hundred. And like the Greek Hydra, if you sever one of the heads, two others or three others will grow in its place. Man, I hope that she has 69 heads. Or yeah, right. Oh, my God. Or 420. One or of the 420. Numbers, you yeah. Know. 
<laughs> it could you um, imagine some like demons coming at you and they have 420 heads? Yeah, I would. I would I, like. I wouldn't even be scared. I'd be like, "What the fuck? This is so over the top." Yeah, I'd be like, "Where do I look? <laughs> <laughs> where do I be scared? Where do I? Do, where do I focus my fear?" <laughs> yeah, we get it, you bougie ass monster. You don't need 420 heads. You just need right. one head and a loud noise to scare the right, fuck out of me. Right, me. Yeah, right. You just need like I need to like not know that you were here. <laughs> And then yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> I just need to think about you for five and a half seconds and I get scared. So let's move on to Belize. There is something called the Tata Duende, which is a mythical goblin described as being like a small, like little goblin with a beard, wrinkles, backwards Cute. feet, which should remind oh. you of the Mexican, remember when I did the Mexican maidens? La, La Mala Ora. When I talked about her, she had backwards feet. In, in a oh, lot of yeah. her versions. Yeah, that sort of reminds me of that. And this is from Belize, which is, is very close to Mexico. Um, do, do, do. Uh, so this is, so, so picture this. It's a goblin that is small, of course, because it's a goblin. Has a Cute. beard, wrinkles, backwards feet, and a large brimmed hat. And doesn't you know have what? any thumbs. I'm here for it. That yeah. sounds like my Halloween look. I like so Tata I Duende. It. I like Tata Duende. Fucking awesome. Uh, it is uh, usually the protector of forests and animals, and it was used specifically to ch- scare children from going out to play at night or going into the jungle because, like, you don't want children doing that at all, ever. Like, yeah, this, this is a pretty nice boogeyman. He's yeah, like, I he's like, like looking out for them. Yeah, I like Tata. Like, fuck yeah, Tata. Yeah, he's a fucking homie. Yeah, so man. thanks, thanks, Tatas. Thanks, Tatas. Save the Tatas. <laughs> Save Free the Tatas. The tatas. <laughs> Um, we're moving on to Egypt. So there is a, an Egyptian uh, creature that is known as the man with the burnt leg. I'll try to pronounce it. It's Abu Rigli Masulaka. I pronounced that horribly. You know, that's probably 100% how you pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> They're like, wow. <laughs> They're, <laughs> They're like, like, the fucking white you. gringo got it right. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, they wouldn't say gringo because th- they're Egyptian. <laughs> they, they sent you a thank you message and they erase it since you said gringo. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're fucking Egyptians. We're not Latin Americans. Like, my, <laughs> Not Christ. everyone's a Latin American, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's the man with the burnt leg again, I'll say. So it's a monster who got burnt when they were a child, a human child, because they didn't listen to their parents. Ooh. However... Now this child, which is usually a male, hunts down naughty children to cook and eat them. Ew! Yeah, that, I miss that Tatas. Weird? That's weird. Yeah, I like Tatas more. Let's have Tatas. <laughs> yeah, we should make a shirt that says "Free the Tatas." Oh my god! And there's the, like or the boobs. It's there's a goblin tata. with a beard and backwards feet with a large brimmed hat. Yes, he's like <laughs> on each boob, like hey. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Um, so let's go to Iraq. So Iraq's ancient folklore has the Saula, uh, which is a half witch, half demon ghoul that oh, is fuck. used by parents to scare naughty children. She is briefly mentioned in a tale of the 100 or 1001 nights, which is Arabian nights. We know it as Arabian nights and is used not only in Iraq, but other, other countries that are in the Persian Gulf. So that's Iraq. So let's move on to England, and then we'll go into the United States. So in England, in East Yorkshire, uh, the children were warned that if they stole from orchards, that they might be eaten by a goblin or a demon called the Adgogi, something like that, Adgogi. I think I've heard that before, something like that. Yeah, I feel like, I think you might have, 
I might have I might have mentioned that when I talked about my she in the Scottish folklore and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah, like yeah. you have because I feel like we both heard that before. Um, in Devon, uh, local variations of the spring-heeled jack include the bogeyman that danced in the road and leapt over hedges with the greatest of ease. That's a quote from like the like sightings of him. Cool. Um, there are also recorded sightings in northern Devonshire. And locals describing haunted stretches of roads since the 1840s that are haunted huh. by Spring Hill Jack. That just reminds me of the Crooked Man. Bye. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, fuck he that shit. The crooked man. Um, there's also the Gooseberry Wife, which is said to guard gooseberry bushes on the Isle of Wight, uh, W-I-G-H-T. And she took like the bitch form... slaps you if you come close to her bush. She's like, well, get the fuck away from my she's bushes. She's a large, hairy caterpillar. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm here fuck. for her. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, and the if you don't know what the the Isle of Wight is, it's just as big as the Isle of the Isle of Man, but it is south of the UK. It's south of that, um, between like you know between England or you know the UK and France. So we're gonna t- go on to this is I like can't even I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> Get ready for these next boogeymen from England. Okay, you know, so this next this next one is titled. Churn milk pig. Oh, hell yeah. That lives in West Yorkshire, who is a female goblin who guarded nut thickets. <laughs> <laughs> same girl. Same, you ain't special. Same girl. So, this goblin guarded nut thickets until they could be harvested and would always be seen smoking a pipe. The, her, her male counterpart's name, and I'm not making this up, was Melsh Dick. <laughs> oh my God. Holy shit! I think I just found our alter egos. Right, our, our new podcast. You're, you're churn milk pig, and I'm Melch Dick, and we we guard nut thickets. Yeah, we we guard nut thickets by day and podcast at night. Hell yeah. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> uh, now there's the next one, and I can't. I'm not making these names up. I'm not okay. The next one is Tom Dawkin. Oh my! This is the gayest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. So he this 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 boogeyman had iron teeth. And used to devour bad children. Pretty simple, but just Daka. I just can't. And then the next one, and someone's trolling us, Chana. Like someone's yeah. fucking trolling us. Someone like wrote this shit on the internet. They're like, I hope someone has a fucking podcast and they think this is real. <laughs> and they're gonna like report this to their fans and it's just bullshit. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, the next one is Black Anise, which is anus. You could say anus, so it's black anus. <laughs> Yes. was a hag with a blue face and iron claws who lived in a cave in the Dane Hills of Leicester. Uh, she ventured forth at night in search of children to devour. Her name's Black Anise or Black Anus, whatever you want to say. I like Black Anus. I like Black Anus way more than Black Anise. Black Anus, Tom Docking. Melchdick and Churn Milk yeah, like, like they, like... If they're like the next British boy band needs to be those four people. Oh, 100%. That's the next Beatles. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So uh, the last one that I'll talk about from England, uh, sort of the boogeyman's, are these three uh, grotesque hags, which uh, by Grindy Low, uh, Jenny Green Teeth, and Nellie Longarms. Um, they lived in ponds and rivers and would drag children beneath the water if they got too close. I could see that definitely being like a boogeyman. Like, you know, that just keeps children from getting near water. Cause like if a child accidentally falls into a river, then they die. 
you know yeah. so if you just tell them oh there's a demon in this water a boogeyman in this water it's going to kill them then yeah okay so the next one is uh, we'll move on to the united states and talk about that so in the united states the boogeyman can be called the uh, boogeyman of course and then you have booger man or the booger <laughs> monster um, particularly the booger part is used in the south and it was most often used to keep children from playing outside past dark and also wandering off into forests um, in some Midwestern states, specifically, the boogeyman scratches at the window to lure bad Ew. children outside. <gasps> yeah, isn't that fucking oh. disgusting? Fuck oh. that shit. Oh. Fuck that shit. Fuck um, that shit. That scares me. Ima- That'll yeah. like, make me obey. Uh huh. <laughs> Listening to that, I'm like, oh my god. Like, imagine. So, so literally, they say like the whole the whole like narrative is like, hey, if you stay up past your bedtime and you don't go to or you don't go to bed quickly, like the boogeyman will come scratching at your window. Like, fuck that. First question, why do people feel like it's necessary to traumatize the fuck out of their kids? So they'll do do what they say. (laughs) Like, you know, bribe them with candy. Do something else. I don't know. Just like, your kid's going to be like afraid of going to sleep forever. If I have to deal with a screaming child at fucking 10 p.m., I'm fucking saying that. I'm like, if you don't go fuck the bed, like fucking demons (laughs) are going to pop out of your fucking, I'm going to just show them like fucking insidious at age five. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and be like you see that shadow pointing at that little boy in the darkness that's gonna get you <laughs> uh, you like sing tiptoe t- through the tulips oh yeah like i'll like i like song. oh my god i put like an iphone underneath their bed and just yes. play that if they're awake oh yeah fuck oh, god. yeah they'll Man. never they'll never disobey me again <laughs> yeah I, and that's why i will oh. never have children and that's why if you do have children, they'll sleep over my house all the time <laughs> because they won't be afraid of my yeah. house. <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's stay up and like read tarot. <laughs> I'm like, you want to do the Ouija board? <laughs> like, no, no. no! <laughs> I'm like, you want to fuck over your dad and do the Ouija board? <laughs> no. Yeah. They're like, if he ever threatens you with this, threaten that you'll do the Ouija board in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck. <laughs> You win. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> yes. We figured it out, future Corey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> George. I name him George. George. <laughs> He's like the straightest, most like like MAGA dude on the planet. Oh, God. Please no. <laughs> okay. So in eastern Iowa, specifically in one of the Midwestern states, uh, the boogeyman is usually referred to as the corn stalker. And so I started to look up the corn stalker, and basically he just does what you think. Um, but he his description makes him look a lot like the guy from Jeepers Creepers, if you've watched Jeepers Creepers 1, oh, or fun. specifically 2, because he shows up, he, you physically see him a lot more in 2. Um, also in the United States, in the Pacific Northwest, it said that he manifests more as a green fog, which is cool because if you've ever seen John Carpenter's The Fog, it sort of like reminded me of that shit um, a little bit. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, and in generally in the U.S., just like for most versions of the G- of the U.S. boogeyman, um, he hides or appears under the bed or in the closet yes. and does anything from tickling, scratching, biting, licking, or simply simply just whispering to children, beckoning for them to come to him as they try and go to sleep. Yeah, no, yeah, I heard the under the bed thing, and fuck that scared that the shit. fuck out of me when I was a kid. Because yeah. I don't still to this day, I'm like freaked out by the under my bed because of that. Because I'm like the boogeyman, like, like a clown, some shit's gonna get me. Yeah, like like the, like the under the bed thing, like generally, like I think about it, but it doesn't really instill fear. Because I even like with my new with my new bed frame, 
it there's like a little space at my head at the head of the bed between the the headboard and my mattress that I can like literally see down to the ground. Oh, you're so gonna it's look like, tonight. There's gonna be a demon. Oh, I know that you. demon's gonna be like, "Fuck you, bitch!" Like you said, yeah, you like, weren't scared. Just like, like Valak's uh, like face fucking you. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, I'm so fucked. <laughs> like that. Like I think about that and it like creeps me out. But like, if I ever woke up in the middle of the night and my closet door was closed, because it's always open, I would like, yeah, I would like piss my pants. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm going to sneak into your room and close the door. Fuck that. Like, Jesus, that would just destroy me. I couldn't do that. Ugh, that would destroy me. Okay. Yeah, I get freaked out a lot. At, if I'm, because Jordan falls asleep so easily and I don't. It takes me like a solid hour of falling yeah. asleep. Like, yeah, yeah. It takes me like fun. 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. But uh, because of all of my spooky, dark past with like, with a uh, noob and whatnot, now, like, whenever. If I'm like up for a really long time, you know the shadows start playing like tr- tricks, like your mm-hmm. eyes start playing tricks on you and stuff. So it's so easy for me to like freak myself the fuck out at night, and like the under the bed just only adds to it. So I'm like, oh my god, because my mind's just like, you're fucked, Jenna, and I'm like, yeah, you you're fucked. Like, I'm fucked. You're like, I'm, I'm fucked. Like, I am fucked. I'm fucked. <laughs> While Jordan's like, you know, being the cutest sleeper next to oh me. Oh my like, god, because ah. he's such the most perfect sleeper ever. Yeah. That's well, cute. I'm like having a stage 11 panic and like Simone's staring at the corner for no reason. And I'm like, we're both fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Simone like looks at you. She's like, you're fucked. <laughs> you can't yeah, see like, them, but you're fucked. I can see she's them. She's like, but bye, mom. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> okay, so generally in the US, uh, or I already said all this shit. Yeah, we already talked about it. Okay. So, also, some legends will even claim that a wart can be transmitted to somebody by the boogeyman touching them while they sleep. Isn't that, oh, dear isn't God. that scary? I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's like an either. American, like, boogeyman thing. Okay. So, some specific iterations of the boogeyman, just to give examples, is first the Jersey Devil. I've done a, an episode on the Jersey Devil, but just a quick little overview. The Jersey Devil originated in the Pine Barrens, which is, like, a ton of pine trees, like, a forest in New Jersey. And it has, like, a specific level of acidity or some, like, levels of something in the soil so not much else will will grow except for like these specific trees this originated in new jersey the pine barrens in new jersey in the early 18th century and was originally described as having a horse's head bat wings cloven hooves and a serpent's oh, tail yeah. uh fun this is like the the everything monster oh yeah <laughs> this is like literally like the like quintessential chimera monster just like there's yeah. fucking everything like my god um, so I actually didn't, I don't know if I talked about this when I did the episode, but this was later, it later was found out that the pe- the person of the area or somebody wanted to buy all the land near the Pine Barrens so they could become like, you know, super rich and sell it off later on. So they told everybody in the 18th or 19th century that the Jersey Devil existed so that people would sell their land and move away for cheaper Damn. Yeah, so it was a like scam the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scam the whole time. Um, then the next one is called titled The Bloody Bones. This boogeyman's name is Bloody Bones. Nice. <laughs> I like it. it sounds fucking, like a pirate. I fucking want to be Bloody Bones. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so he's also known as Rawhead or Tommy Rawhead. Um, there's oh, that a, could be your porn name. I know. There's a there's a famous like cult. Uh, I think it's a horror comedy known by a Rawhead Rex. Um, that is out on Shutter now. Um, I think it's like very sexual. I actually haven't seen it yet. 
Um, so it is a boogeyman of the American South that originated from Britain. And I'm not going to get much into it because I actually want to do a whole segment on this. But Bloody Bones is usually described as two different entities that become like, you know, a whole thing in itself. So one of the entities is a bare skull, like a skull that's Ooh. just floating around biting its victims. And its companion at the same time is a dancing headless skeleton. Whoa. <laughs> I like Bloody fun. Bones. <gasps> That is a really great couples costume idea. Yeah, that'd be fun. I fucking love Bloody Bones. He's cool. We're yeah, gonna do. I, I'll do an episode about him later. We stand Bloody Bones. We He's stand a Bloody Bones. But not as much as we stand Tatas. Tatas the yeah. True, holy fuck! The what's, greatest what's the friend. whole name? Uh, Tata Duende. Fucking Tata Duende. Yeah, you you're the true. You're the greatest friend. You're the Sam Wise of Boogeyman. Yeah, you fucking protect the forests and you protect the animals from fucking humans we love you you are adorable we love you tatas he's like yeah. kills us tonight he's like fuck you guys okay so that is like some just basic facts about the boogeyman and next time we will talk about el coco because I, I decided that like this is this has gone on long enough and the coco part is just crazy and is at least like five minutes longer than what i just talked about with the boogeyman also in the future i'll probably do some more boogeyman shit because Literally, it's just a the boogeyman is something that is talked about in a ton of cultures. And when I went over like the, the some of the different countries and like some of the different boogeymans from the different countries, I, I, I you know, there were like three times as much as the ones that I went over. OK, so that is the boogeyman. And next time we will talk about El Coco. Wait, I have one question for you, Corey. Yes. So how what do you think is like the boogeyman when you imagine the boogeyman what do you see like, oh yeah what, what did your parents tell you was like the boogeyman so we my all parents heard it. never really talked about the boogeyman because we just used like be you know if you're not mormon you're gonna just like fucking die and go, go to, to hell outer, <laughs> outer, go to hell and go to outer darkness so that was Hang satan the was the boogeyman <laughs> um but like when i was like 11 or 12 i watched the boogeyman literally the movie titled the boogeyman with the guy from Seventh Heaven, um, oh, fun. the older like hot guy, like the hottest older ab- brother brother. I forgot about Seventh Heaven like completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the the movie isn't that great, but the intro is really good because it's this it's him as a little boy, and he is literally it's the first time I saw this. I was eleven or twelve. I've never seen this imagery before in my life. And we're sitting there watching the opening and the whole opening is this kid trying to go to bed and getting like, you know, a little bit scared by some things and being like, mom, I'm scared. I don't want to go to bed. And then they're like, hey, don't worry. You know, the, the parents come in or the mom comes in and is like, don't worry. It's nothing. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, no, but the boogeyman's going to get me. And she's like, fuck off, kid. Like, go to bed. <laughs> and so she leaves and he starts to look around the room and looks at his like across the room he has a desk and on the chair he has coats on top of his chair and so he looks at it and thinks that it's something and shines his his flashlight on it and he's like oh it's just a whatever so he flips the lights off and two seconds after he flips the lights off it grows into a hooded figure like one of the nazgul like one of the ring wraiths and i was like i was like 11 or 12 and i was like what the fuck like are you fucking (laughs) kidding me and then it goes further to he quickly gets his flashlight and shines it again. And when he shines it, 
It's not like nothing was there. As he shines the light, the hooded figure drops into the coat. So the coat physically <gasps> drops in the middle oh, of his room onto the oh floor. My, oh my and the God. second he turns the lights off again, it grows back into one of like the hooded figures. So that's what it is to me. I don't know. Like when I, I don't know. Like when I think when I'm scared or spooked, I don't think specifically about anything, but that's yeah. probably the closest is like an amorphous, like shadow hooded figure. So he goes, just a shadowy hooded figure that, like, is going to kill me. I don't know. So for whatever reason, when I think of the boogeyman, I think of the Grinch. The Tata. (laughs) (laughs) No, I literally think of, like, the Grinch stole Christmas. Yes. Like the. Jimmy, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like, I literally think of him, but, like, spookier and, like, hiding under my bed and being, like, and, like, trying to grab my ankles and shit. That'd be scary as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, ever since I was a kid and I first heard the boogeyman, I think it was right around the time I probably saw the Grinch for the first time. And I was like, fuck, is that him? So, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not, like, car- like as an adult, like, I'm not afraid of the boogeyman. And when I was a kid, I, like, I was never like, ooh, the boogeyman's going to get me. Like, that wasn't, like, a constant fear. It was more like ghosts and True. shit. True. Yeah, I was a yeah. Kid. And even now, to this day, obviously, it's, like, demons and shit that I'm like, am I going to be fucked tonight? Yeah, but like, still, I'm not scared. Yeah. But when I did think of the boogeyman when I was a kid, I remember I would really think of the Grinch under my bed. And <laughs> it would scare That's the fuck would, out of me. I would just think of a, a dark hooded figure in my closet. Yeah, um, such also, opposites. also the combination of that with a gaunt white face, like when you watch, um, what's it called? The Exorcist. The okay, demon. Yeah, yours is when it shows that scarier. demon white face. Like that I still, that I still think of. Like the demon um yeah like that white gaunt argh, like his teeth are bared like yeah. it sh- and it flashes it like twice in the exorcist that yeah. that still scares me but like yeah i don't i'm not like sometimes i will like look at like the chair i'm actually sitting in right now sometimes i'll put clothes on it and i'll see it in the middle of the night and i'll be like fuck you bitch <laughs> but <laughs> then like, i'll go I'm to bed i'll like laugh at myself but i'll still be like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> you still like like glance over your shoulder. Oh, I like, do. I literally, I'm like, mm. <laughs> but I like, you know, just go to sleep because I'm 29. But also at the same time, like if I was to wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, if I've seen a horror movie recently or like if I woke up in the middle of the night and something was like, you know, happening that shouldn't be happening, like I would be scared. Like I definitely would be scared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into my my segment y'all today we're going to be talking about something that i've been wanting to talk about for a long time yeah for whatever reason i have never researched it it's literally been on like my to-do list since we pretty much started this podcast it is the icebox murder yes yeah you've mentioned this before to to me to me it's june 23rd 1965 the Houston Police Department received a phone call from oh, Marvin Martin asking to do a welfare <gasps> check on his uncle. From me? Um, yeah, for Corey. Yeah, so so Corey called up the Houston Police Department, and he was like, yo, can you do a welfare check on my uncle Fred? He's 81, and my, my aunt Edwina, she's 71. Um, they live with their 43-year-old son, Charles, in the Montrose neighborhood. Montrose. Yeah, that's I, like, like the gay neighborhood. Oh, is it pronounced Montrose? Montrose? How do you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, I believe you know? that. I, I'm not extremely sure, but I believe like the Montrose, yeah, neighborhood, yeah. So they're they're kicking it district? in the gay neighborhood. It's like the Montrose district, something like that. Yeah. So Corey, aka Marvin, told the officer that no one was answering their phone and it's been a few days and he was just getting a really bad feeling about it. 
So the police officers, they were just thinking this was a normal wel- welfare check, like no big deal. Most of them aren't really a big deal anyway. So they, they're on their way. They drive over to 1815 Driscoll Street, and they notice that Charles's car is parked right in front. So even more, they're like, okay, well, the kid's here. Like, everything's probably fine. They probably just don't want to talk to their nephew. What if? It's only been a few days. Still, they decide to go up and knock on the door and just to, to complete the welfare check. So they walk up to the front door. And they knock. Uh-oh. Nothing. They knock again. Nothing. They knock on the windows. Nothing. They go to the back door. Knock. Nothing. Now they're getting a little weirded out. They're, 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 they're starting to figure out that this is, a little, this is a little weird. So they start banging on the door and saying, like, police, like, open up. Nothing. So both officers, they looked at each other and they knew what they had to do. And they kicked down the front door and they stepped into the house. Now, immediately, they noticed that the house was spotless. I'm talking, like, almost, like, sterile hospital feeling spotless. Um, The officers later said that they immediately felt like something was really, really wrong. Like, it was just, like, a moment where they both felt just really awful and gross. Um, They started walking around the house. They noticed that there was a plate of fresh food on the dining room table. Um, then one officer decided to walk into, like, the kitchen while the other one was checking the rest of the house and, like, calling for Fred or Edwina or um, Charles. Now, the officer, his name's Charles Bullock. 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 Um, Let's say Bullock. He, Bullock. He went into the kitchen, and he decided to open up the fridge. Later, he said, I don't know why I decided to look in the refrigerator. For some reason, I just had a feeling to open it. <laughs> So, you know, naturally, you're like doing a welfare check and you're like, I need a fucking beer. So you like go open up their goddamn fridge. He's like, I saw that fucking like homemade sandwich with chips and I wanted a fucking homemade sandwich with chips. He like, it's a welfare check and they're going through like making sandwiches and and chips. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. Now, inside the fridge were numerous cuts of washed, unwrapped meat neatly stacked on every single shelf thinking that it was in quotes hog meat (gasps) the officer did he make a sandwich no he didn't make a sandwich (laughs) 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 that this would be a wildly different story if if the officers made a sandwich out of this meat also if like if an officer saw like unwrapped neatly stacked meat in your fridge and they decided to make a sandwich what the fuck's going on i mean i wouldn't put it past them (laughs) that's true but thinking it was hog meat, the officer started to close the fridge when something caught his eye. Another eye. In- <laughs> inside the vegetable drawer was an old woman's head, her eyes <gasps> fixed in Bullock's direction. Oh, my God. It was an eye. Bullock froze and then slammed the door shut, and he opened it again. And he looked down. And the head was still there, staring right at him. He jumped back and he screamed as the other officer ran to the kitchen. Officer Bullock pointed at the fridge, and the officer walked over, opened it, and looked down. And in the two vegetable drawers were the decapitated heads of Fred and Edwina Rogers. Fred's eyes were gouged out. Yuck. Now, looking at the rest of the fridge, they realized that the hog meat was the actual cut-up remains of Fred and Edwina. They called for backup, Obvi, and this started the investigation. Police determined that Fred and Edwina Rogers had been, well, try to say Edwina Rogers five times fast. That's Edwina like a mouthful. Edwina Rogers. 
We are. <laughs> it sounds like you're about to say Oscar Mayer Wieners. I can't without but, like mumbling all of it. Right? Police determined that Fred and Edwina Rogers had been killed on June 20th, which was Father's Day, just a couple days before. Um, an autopsy showed that Fred was killed by blows to the head with a claw hammer, and then Shit. his eyes were gouged out, and then his penis was removed. And then Edwina was beaten and then shot execution style in the head. Oh. Police further said that the bodies were then dragged to the master bathroom, which is upstairs, drained of their blood, and then dismembered by a person, in quotes, with some knowledge of anatomy, because it was so well done. People were able to locate, or sorry, police were able to locate most of the body parts, but some were missing, and, their, and all of their organs were completely missing. Now, a few days into the investigation, some of the neighbors started calling in and complaining about plumbing problems. Their, their sewage was getting backed up. Their flush wasn't as strong. So they called out like a plumber. The plumber went out to the neighborhood, and he looked at, you know, the sewage pipes, the drainage pipes, whatever the fuck, you know, plumbers look at. Mm-hmm. And there he saw and he found all of the cut-up organs of Fred and Edwina Rogers. Yuck. He called the police. The police rolled up. They were easily able to confirm, yes, this is to Fred and Edwina. And they were able to determine that after Fred and Edwina were drained and, like, dismembered, the killer would just cut up their organs and just flush them down the toilet. Also, really Ew. sad for this plumber dude <laughs> that was, like, do-do-do-do-do, like, a regular day, opened up, like, a pipe, and there was, like, like livers and, like, intestines, Yuck. like, staring him in the face. So police were focusing all of their attention on the house for clues, but the problem was that the house was so spotless and, like, sterile, they were having a really hard time figuring out exactly what happened, you know, building the scene, building the picture, and finding clues. It was really obvious that, like, the killer cleaned it thoroughly after. Yeah. I mean, that he even made, like, a meal for himself, then randomly did, decided not to they eat have the like meal and dip. a dog or something? No, no dog. No dog. Why? I mean, I don't know. There's like this murder <laughs> going not, on, and I'm like, why didn't they have a dog? <laughs> maybe they're not dog people. They also didn't have a cat. No animals. Weird. No, <laughs> no animals. No pets. Yeah, these people yeah. were weird. These people were weird. <laughs> yeah, the the victims of this horrific murder are fucking weird, quote unquote. Corey, <laughs> you're like fuck the victims. Mic drop. You like leave the chat. I'm like, I don't okay. even know I have a dog or a a cat. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's 1965. God damn it! Everybody yeah. needs a oh, fucking cat. Oh, that's true. Okay, it was 1965. Okay, that that's valid. So everything was perfect. They weren't finding any clues until they went to Charles's Charles Ch- Charles's a Charles's. <laughs> yeah, you say Charles. That's just yeah. yeah my, that's dad's just like a, is, my dad's name is Charles. So again, yeah. these are just a mouthful names, but they went to Charles's room. Yeah, Chuck's and they room, found. Yeah. A tiny drop of blood on like, the door handle leading into his room. That's cool. So they saw that, and they're like, interesting, noted. And they opened up the door, and they started going through his his bedroom, and that's when they found a saw. And it's one of those like crazy big saws that you can like easily cut through anything with. Yeah. Um, like like a manual. Like, like you can, a like, traditional like, like one-handed like saw. Like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they saw like the the teeth on the the saw, and they Lol. matched it to the marks on the uh, dismembered remains of Fred and Edwina. So now they had the the not necessarily the murder weapon, but they had the the weapon that was used to decapitate and dismember these bodies. Damn. So clearly, 
Charles is looking like like a bad guy right now. He's looking not so great. So they needed to find Charles because, remember, the parents live with Charles, and so far it's been a couple days, and they haven't even seen Charles, which they were already originally <laughs> concerned about. Charles fucking did Because <laughs> originally they were like, where the fuck is Charles? Is he okay? But then after they found the blood, they're like, okay, where's Charles? We have a couple questions for yeah. this motherfucker. But, but before we go into – whoa. Before we go into that <laughs> – Let's go through some backstory. Oh my god, so Chana, Fred, every time you like raise your hands, you're like flawless nails. Like I see them. It's so awesome. Yes, By the way, yeah, you know, y'all. Me just doing my casual, like bougie. Seriously bougie though, they check. look so good. Thank you. Thank you, Fat Nails in Provo, Utah. You're Thanks, the Fat best. Nails. So Fred Rogers was born on December 9th, eighteen eighty four. Holy, Holy fuck. shit. <laughs> Holy goddamn shit fuck. He's old. And his wife, Edwina, was born on October 8th, 1892. They're old motherfuckers. That poor man did not need to go through that. (laughs) Well, just wait. So, because they were born in the goddamn 1800s, there's obviously not a lot of backstory on them. So, I don't know how they met or fell in love, but they did. They fell like madly in in love. They were known as like a couple that was like just completely head over heels in love with each other all the time. They got married. Over the next 50 years, the two lived a relatively modest life. Fred was a real estate agent. Edwina was a sales rep. Uh, but every now and then, when they oh, wanted to get some extra. Oh, she was working too? Fuck yeah. Yeah. She was a bad bitch. But yeah. every now and then, when they wanted some extra cash, they were like, hey, we should just commit fraud together. <laughs> so they would. <laughs> oh my God, I love these two. <laughs> So, like, casually, they were like, you know, let's go, like, write some, like, shitty checks. Let's go, like, you know, forge people's signatures. Fuck like, yeah. fuck yeah. Do it here and there, committing fraud, you know, being weirdly adorable about it. They ended up please, having please, two wait, kids. Wait, wait. Our podcast does not condone fraud. Please do not commit yeah. fraud. Please, it, it's not please, cute. Please just go work. Yeah, go get a job. It's not cute. Go, yeah. like, strip if you need to. Go I do mean, you. That's cute because it's, like, 1930 or 1940 or whatever. Yeah. But. And they're like, Johnny Torrio. They're like, going to go yeah, go Johnny someone. <laughs> they're going to so go steal some having, chocolates. <laughs> they're going to, you know, that poor girl, Dor- Dorothy Allred. I'll remember oh her God, forever. That poor girl. Poor girl. She just wanted some fucking chocolates. Me, she wanted like what? It was like six pounds of chocolate. Yeah. Some like <laughs> insane so amount of chocolate. I'm like, chocolate. I fucking love her. She's an yeah. inspiration to us all. Yeah. So Fred and Edwina ended up having two kids. Uh, one was a girl. She ended up dying when she was 10 i don't really know why or how but she passed away when she was a kid and the other one is charles so charles was born on december 30th 1921 in houston he had an incredibly abusive childhood mainly emotional and mental abuse but sometimes physical abuse did occur but it was mainly like on the emotional and mental side Mm -hmm. this is all the psychological like torment and whatnot um, he grew up resenting the fuck out of his parents because his parents treated him like garbage. But Aww. even though he went through so much abuse, he excelled in school and he ended up going to two different universities, which is pretty unique. Because a lot of the time when people are abused like that, it just like creates a cycle and it's hard for someone to to break that cycle and to not only do well in life, but to excel to the point that he's about to. And then he murders people. So then he stops excelling. But, you know, for a time he was doing pretty good. So this is what he did. He first went to Texas A&M University, but he got bored because he wasn't being challenged enough, so he dropped out. 
He then enrolled at the University of Houston, where he earned a Bachelor of Science degree in nuclear physics. While he was doing all that, he learned seven languages. He became a pilot. He had a special interest in radio, and he studied seismology, you know, earthquakes and shit. During World War II, he became a pilot for the Navy, and he joined the Office of Naval Intelligence, which is basically like the Navy CIA. After crushing it at World War II, um, he pretty much got any job that he wanted. Like, he would walk into anywhere. He was so overly qualified that he would just get it. So he mainly focused on working with, like, oil companies and whatnot. Because Houston, yeah. Yeah, and he worked with, like, Shell Oil Company for, I think, like, nine or ten years. Um, he was making great money. He had a great career. He joined an exclusive organization called the Civil Air Patrol. Uh, okay. This information I'm getting straight from Wikipedia because, like, yeah, like, there's no I other way to say that. Yeah, there's no other way to say to explain what the Civil Air Patrol is. So, yeah. CAP for short is a congressionally chartered, federally supported nonprofit corporation that serves as the official <laughs> civilian auxiliary of the United States Air Force. Okay. <sighs> Go Cap them. is a <laughs> Cap is a volunteer organization with aviation-minded members um, that include people from all backgrounds, lifestyles, and occupations. It performs three congressionally assigned key missions: emergency services, which included search and rescue by air and ground, um, disaster relief operations, um, and aerospace education for youth and the general public, and like a cadet program. For all I heard youth. was like they're a bunch of nerds. They're a bunch of narcs. That's all I heard. So they're a bunch of nerds. They love planes. And with their love of planes, they, like, whenever there's, like, missing people and they always do, like, search and rescues and whatnot, like, you know, they'll call CAP, I guess, or, like, natural disaster relief. <laughs> they'll call them. They'll, like, they'll, like teach kids about planes. There's, like, some dude in a basement, like, painting, <laughs> painting like, miniatures for his, like, Warhammer, <laughs> like, game. And 100%. He's, like, he gets a call and he's, like, fuck Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is why I bought the plane. Like, let's let's fucking go. Yeah, he like puts on a little costume, like everything. Oh, His little cap so badge. Oh, I want to fuck so, yeah, him. So, so cute. So <laughs> this dude's part of Cap. This is where he allegedly met David Ferry. David Ferry was later thought to be in conspiracy to assassinate President John F. Kennedy. What the and fuck? And he actually knew. Lee Harvey Oswald. What the so fuck? So kind of take note of that connection because we're going to go through something like This is crazy. So outlandish at the end. It's fun. Now, over the next couple years, Charles uh, would leave his house before dawn to go to work at the Shell Oil Company or fly planes with the homies. And then he would return home after dusk and just quietly go to bed. He didn't have a social life, let alone date. In he fact, was flying his- with homies, though. He was flying with the was homies. That was you know? He was kissing the homies goodnight. Yeah, that's <laughs> cute. Aww. And then, uh, yeah, so he, he didn't date. But in fact, his <laughs> parents were <laughs> living in his home. So he, so he owned his home and his parents were living with him. Yeah, yeah, but like he wasn't living with his parents. His parents lived with him because he was a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though his parents, like, always abused the fuck out of him, like, he still wanted to, like, oh, take care okay. of his parents. Because oh, yeah. at this point. Like he was a good guy. He Wait, quickly is not. We're talking about the guy. guy that that dismembers and eats his parents. He doesn't eat his parents. Okay. He just dismembers. His Sorry, parents. I haven't eaten much, and I have three white claws and like two shots of bourbon. So this is the guy. Like, 
<laughs> so okay, the, the the sandwich on the table did, did not contain human man flesh. Oh, it okay, was just okay. Random ass food. Maybe I mean food was man a, flesh. people were in a refrigerator. I'm naturally just gonna assume that like cannibalism was involved. That's true. You know we don't know. I don't know because we 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 don't know what happened to Charles. Yeah. But anyways, his parents lived with him, lived with him at his house. The kind of weird part about like this dynamic is a lot of the neighbors didn't even really know that Charles existed or that he Whoa. owned the house because oh. he would always leave before dawn and come back after dusk. So, like he was always leaving people were asleep and coming home when people were asleep. Interesting. So people didn't really like know Charles like in the neighborhood. They really just kind of saw He's a busy dude. parents. Yeah, and the parents were, like, pretty, like, to themselves, a little, like, reclusive. And so, like, was he. Like, when he wasn't flying with the homies, he was pretty reclusive and just doing his own thing, you know, in his room, minding his own business. As I mentioned before, Charles was abused when he was a kid. When his parents, Fred and Edwina, moved into the house, the abuse continued. It didn't just stop when he was a kid. Oh, it kept wow. going. Except this time, both parties were abusing each other. Charles hated his parents, and he refused to see them or speak with them. In fact, he'd only communicate with them with handwritten letters slipped under their bedroom door. Whoa. And family members told police that they hated each other so much, they hadn't actually seen each other face-to-face in five years, what yet the, they lived together. What the fuck? Now, while this was happening, Fred and Edwina would commit fraud using Charlie's information. So that sorry, Charles. I kept on saying Charlie because of loss, but it's Charles. You can say Charlie. That was cool. Um, they, but then you start thinking of cute Charlie from Lost, and I don't want to think of him in this light because he's too cute. Aww. Anyways, the parents would take out loans under his name. They would forge his name on deeds for other properties. Oh, wrote that's false so checks, sad. Okay, fuck Drain them. his bank. Drain his bank accounts, trying to like to destroy and ruin their kid. Oh, um, fuck him. And fuck them. In re- in return, he started planning to hurt them. Detectives theorized that Charlie was obviously fed up with the 40 years now, 43 years of abuse, and it was time for him to get his revenge. He brutally murdered his parents, drained their blood, dismembered them, decapitated them, gouged his dad's eyes, <laughs> mutilated, or cut off his dad's penis. And holy holy shit. Textbook overreaction. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call an overkill. But Yeah, just, uh, just kill so, them, dude. Just kill them and like throw their bodies somewhere. <laughs> So police launched a nationwide search and issued a warrant for him as a material witness to the crime because they didn't want him to think that they're trying to make him the suspect because they knew he would probably just go into further hiding or leave the country. So they're just saying material witness to the crime because he was a witness to the crime (laughs) if he was there. So the hunt for for Charles began and people looked for him everywhere, but they never found him. Because he took his fucking plane and he flew to fucking Cuba. Yeah, they not in the weeks, the months, or the years that followed. In 1975, ten years after the parents were murdered, in an effort to like probate his estate, basically for the government to like get all of his belongings and money, um, he was declared legally dead. So everything would be turned over to the state. <laughs> the U.S. Years- is like, we want this money by. They're like, that's pretty crazy. This is happening as they're like writing checks. Like, like whoa, this is he's so dead. Wild. Whoa. Whoa, we did not <laughs> expect that. Whoa. Year, 
years passed and the case went cold, but that hasn't stopped others from stepping forward and offering their theories about what may have transpired. So let's talk about some theories. First yes. theory. First theory, Charles, he showed up at that goddamn bar where that guy in fucking Cancun disappeared in the plane <gasps> and picked him oh, up and disappeared. Shit. And then they went to the Bermuda Triangle. Oh my and god. That's that. Ooh, we should do one on the Bermuda Triangle. That would Ooh, be a fun that'd be one. Fun. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. So, first theory, Charles is innocent. Maybe, let's just say, some random person, or maybe it was a different family member, decided to murder the whole family. So, they, they roll up, kill the parents in that, like, highly, like, emotional and crazy way. Yeah. Uh, and they decide to frame Charles, because they're like, you know, Charles and his parents already have, like, some history, so this wouldn't be that surprising. So, they, like, casually put the, the saw in Charles' room. They're like, sorry, Charles. Then they go ahead and they abduct Charles. They go ahead and kill him later, maybe bury him somewhere. You know, maybe that happened. Fuck. That's that's totally possible. Maybe. No. Pro- did it, though? Like, probably. <laughs> probs not. Like, I, I'm not if really you, believing that. If you're that square, like, on the surface level of your life, yeah. and then your parents are murdered, you would not disappear. Yeah. Second theory Charles killed his parents as revenge for years and years and years and years of abuse. He was most likely sexually abused by his dad, um, and that's why he mutilated his father's penis and then gouged his eyes out, while his mom's death was um, a little bit more, like, he was careful with that, and he was more gentle because it was just, like, a quick execution-style shot to the head where his dad, he was beaten repeatedly over and over and over. Like, it was more crime of passion. Yeah. Yeah, the dad's was definitely, like, crime of passion or the mom was more like remorseful i guess yeah i full-heartedly buy into this and uh he probably killed his mom just because he had to because he knew that he couldn't leave his mom alive after that well and, and she then, supported all of that like yeah at least by after, like you know omission or like yeah and then after that he went off by himself in some secluded area and then killed himself that Oof. is the second theory that personally i believe now let's go through the third the third theory, The Icebox Murders, is a 2003 book written by forensic accountants Hugh and Martha Gardiner. Um, the two of them spent like a bajillion years researching this case, and they wrote a whole book to go through their theory. Basically, they agree that Charles was the killer, duh, because he fucking was. Duh. Um, and he did it because he suffered the years of abuse, like we just talked about. After he murdered them, however, he did not kill himself. He ran off. Apparently, a few days after the murders, someone matching Charles' physical description was overheard asking about a job overseas using yes. an alias. I lo- this is it. He he knows how to fly, yo. Yeah. Yeah, and he can he has connections all over the world. He can speak seven languages. He's a yeah. genius. Fuck yeah, bitch. Like he's set. So they claim that Charles utilized his contacts in the oil and mining industries um, to go to Honduras. Oh fuck so yeah. The, so the book claims that he rolled to Honduras, like got a job, living his best life, but somehow he ended up being murdered. What? Over a wage dispute involving some random ass miners. Fuck that. <laughs> Why shit. they think he I got mean, murdered? I don't even know how they like remotely got to that conclusion. Cause you know they had me convinced until the end. There's no body. There's like no like proof that he got murdered. Well, they had me convinced until the very end. I don't know what happened to him, like, once he got to Honduras. Or if he did. My guess is, yeah, someone probably... I hope he's probably, living his life. Someone probably did see him, you know, 
asking for jobs overseas. He knew seven languages. He was really smart. He had money. Like, he could go almost anywhere. So I don't really know how they landed on, like, Honduras, like, how that whole story happened. Yeah. But I'm sure they're kind of in the right direction. He, he probably went somewhere that's, if he didn't kill himself. It's, like, that's so that's so interesting, though, that, like, putting their bodies cut up in, like, fillets of meat. Yeah. In, in like, in the refrigerator. The Why would you do that? It's like preserving them. Like, I don't know. There's, and that's the thing is we'll never get like, these maybe, type of like, questions answered, right? I mean, that that just makes me think that he was like, yeah, like I have a plan to get out of the country. So all I need to do is like, one, I can't physically walk out of the house with any bodily remains because then that, that gives a chance for somebody to see me. So yeah. I'm going to flush their organs down the toilet and then cut up their physical bodies and put it in the... I guess that makes sense because it's like if I put them in the trash then that'll attract animals or like a smell that neighbors might. But putting them in the fridge bought him. That's true. It bought him. Yeah. It bought him days to get out of the country because he can fly. So I guess that actually really makes sense. Yeah. So by the time the police even showed up for the welfare check, like he was already long gone. And like that fresh plate of food was a diversion to make them think that he was was, still there. It was a werefeld check rather than smell or somebody seeing him doing something weird. Yeah, yeah, I guess so that, that that's yeah. So if that welfare check like never even happened, he would have had even more time. Yeah, he'd have weeks. They were in a fridge. Yeah. yeah, weeks. Yeah. Interesting. We're we're cracking the code. Yeah, fuck yeah, y'all. You want to you want to commit a murder? Call us. No. Call don't us. call us. L- listen to our <laughs> podcast, and we'll send you to jail. Now, fourth yeah. <laughs> and final theory. This one's a wild one, so like you know, bear with me as we go through it because it's just fun. So I want to talk about it, but yes. it's so not the case. But it's just a good time. So the man on the grassy knoll is Ooh, a book written oh by. Oh my god! Yes. John R. Craig and Philip A. Rogers. Rogers, Philip A. Rogers is unrelated to the family that we're talking about right now. Basically, they think Charles was actually a CIA operative Buck, involved yeah. in the 1963 assassination of JFK. Yes. So let's try to unpack this as much as we possibly can. Because I did not read the book. Um, so this is all my information based off of like <laughs> people explaining the book. And Channa, in, in the past week... Chana read an entire book based off of one point of this whole entire book. Yeah, just for this one small theory that obviously isn't even true. But even like based off of all I like people's it. accounts of reading the book, they're like they're still like okay, well, they're like here no, now. but this is fun. <laughs> but like we're just gonna we're gonna go with it. So Charles Rogers was a CIA agent who likely impersonated Lee Harvey Oswald in Mexico City. And along with Charles fuck? Harrelson was one of the two shooters involved with the in the assassin in the assassination. Oh, holy shit! The authors allege that Charles Rogers, uh, Charles Harrelson, and Chauncey Holt were the three tramps that were arrested in Dealey Plaza. It's like a really famous picture that after the assassination, it's like a police officer oh. walking with three dudes. If you look it up, you'll probably I don't even it from know. like history class. Okay, let me look. Wait, what but are they those, called? The three chancies? The, the three tramps. <laughs> <laughs> the three it's just Pokemon. Chancy. The three chancies. Chancy. The three tramps. So, Okay. In like Dealey Plaza. Okay. So the reason okay. Yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah, that picture. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why that picture is like so significant or why there's kind of mystery around it is because those. Oh my God. They all look so those... fucking stylish. What the fuck? 
Yeah, they're they're even hit. the cops. Assassin. Yeah, the cops. Yeah, it's actually a photo shoot. It's a staged photo. Holy shit, that's but, like so aesthetically pleasing. The lines, the lines yeah. created by their arms. Jesus you know Christ. the photographer took that and they're like, fuck yeah. They're like, when fuck they yeah. <laughs> they're just like they're masturbated like, every night to this picture as it like, was I'm like a developing. Photographer. Holy yeah, shit. <laughs> Have you seen um Big Little Mouth? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, you know when the the kid that always like masturbates in, like in his pillows, and he's like, the, the "I'm fucking forty. Yeah, the I have a Tesla." That's yeah. what this photographer guy was like. He was like masturbating, like I'm fucking forty. Ever, I, I drive a red Tesla. Holy shit, though! That's, Do you see this? Oh my god! Yeah, it's a good photo. Holy fuck! So, the reason why this photo is so like famous, there's mystery around it, is because the identities of the, of these three guys are really like what these three guys even really have to do with the assassination is was never released to the public. Now, according to this book, one of the dudes kind of looks like Charles Rogers. <laughs> so okay. they're like, hey, that's Charles Rogers. <laughs> There's like a 20% resemblance. <laughs> yeah. And they like pinned the other two guys on the other guys. So I guess they looked like it. And they went and interviewed the other two guys. And they're like, yeah, that's totally Charles Rogers. But like later, or I guess one of those guys was like high off cocaine when he mm. like said it was Charles Rogers. And the other person was uh i i forgot like it's some like it was obviously like a coerced like confession i guess saying it was him and charles rogers but it's probably not the case because he just happened to kind of look like the guys anyways (laughs) he's a white dude yeah so he's like white pretty generic looking they're like i think that's fucking charles and i'm assuming they think he was involved with the cia because he was involved with like the navy form of the cia and he was so like unbelievably smart and had so many talents in so many fields that it's not that hard to assume that maybe he could have been like a secret CIA agent, and that's super fun if he was, so like, yay. But the reason why he ended up killing his parents wasn't because of the abuse. It was because his parents figured out that he assassinated you know, John F. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy and they threatened him. They threatened to turn him in, so he decided to kill his parents. After that, he fled to Guatemala. I don't know why Guatemala. I don't really know how he got here. It's it's a fun story though. There are a lot of wild theories out there, but that is the theory that he was okay. actually CIA impersonating Lee Harvey Oswald, murdered, assassinated John F. Kennedy, and was in photos just because he looked like a guy. So you know you got to wow. be careful. Maybe if you look like someone, there might be an entire book written about you saying that you actually assassinated a president. So you got to be pretty careful of what you look like. The final thoughts on this, in my opinion, I think that. After 43 years of nonstop abuse from his parents and him also abusing his parents, he got fed up. He planned a murder. He knew exactly what he was going to do. Um, He murdered his parents. I do think that his dad sexually abused him, and that's why his dad was so much more of a crime of passion. Well, yeah, the cutting off of the penis, yeah. Yeah, because uh, sexual abuse victims, like, and I I just went through, like, the Lorena Bobbitt case where she cut off her husband's penis. Uh, That happens. Like, they attack their attacker like they usually go for the genitalia genitalia yeah. that's what's causing them the most like pain. if i wanted somebody dead i would just kill them and but hide their body that- but if i was like yeah but if i wanted somebody dead who sexually abused me that's the only time that i would think cut off the to penis. kill them and then cut off their penis yeah. yeah, and then to, like, gouge out the eyes because, like, I'm sure yeah. the dad looked at him and, like, yeah. did all those things. And, like, every time he was getting raped or touched, he had to, like, look in he his dad's look eyes, eyes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, fuck And then that. his mom, uh, he just, he had to kill her. It was her, very and that's execution. Was... Yeah, it was very, like, pragmatic almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
And then, like Corey and I talked, how we cracked the code of why he drained the bodies, put them away, all that fun stuff. I mean, not fun stuff, but, you know, true crime fun stuff. <laughs> fun, fun, fun stuff in retrospect, like 45 years later in a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bad time yeah, and a, yeah, and a, yeah. an interesting we're, time. Yeah, we're drunk at 12.15 a.m. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> now, since he spoke seven languages, was a boss-ass bitch at school, and he could do whatever he wanted, had money, he could obviously go anywhere and change his identity. So I think if he did live and he didn't kill himself, he definitely fled the country 100%, changed his identity, and lived a great life until he was old and probably died because he would be dead by now or in his 90s. Or oh, yeah. he committed suicide after because of the amount of oh. trauma that no, he No, my imagination heard. is that like in 2012 or 2003, he was like sipping pina coladas and fucking Belize. Yeah. There we go. So that is the Icebox Murders. Ooh. Ooh. So, Corey, how was your sex life? Sex life is good. Um, non-existent, but good because it's non-existent for a reason. <laughs> yeah, because of COVID. Wash your hands and wear masks, everybody. Because wash your hands and wear masks, bitches. Um, yeah, great. Yeah, nothing else like super noteworthy. What has happened? Like literally got a, a migraine which oh yeah is, it You're... may it, like like migraine or like ca- or caffeine induced crazy headache that lasts for a day and a half um which is scary so that, that's not really good to talk about but that's okay <laughs> that um, was a bummer my mom my mom has has a migraine she gets a migraine about like once a month or like once every other month um so it and migraines are usually hereditary so that sucks welcome um, to the club yeah um and then other than that, just like, yeah, working, watching movies, stuff like that. Nothing crazy intense. Yes, daddy. This weekend's well, going to be really fun, though. We had a very uneventful week, but the next three weeks are like five weeks are going to be crazy eventful. So, yeah. Yeah. We're it was a nice, a like, time. chill week. I liked it. We're going, we're floating like a river on Sunday. So that'll be super yes. It's like a lazy river, but like real. <laughs> so we're really pumped. It's a real river. My... There's like minor rapids. So it's like really chill. You just get drunk and you float down it. Yes. So my like week two and a half hours. was not that fun either because I was really sick. Your like your week was crazy. Week. Yeah, my week sucked. Um I was feeling fine. So the weekend before like I went to um a protest and then I had a printer delivered at our work um from this delivery guy in LA and he was doing like all of these deliveries like all over the country like you know touching the same papers like his sweat and like spit everywhere. So, like, I had, like, two somewhat, like, high-risk situations, like, in a row for COVID. And then on Thursday, I started feeling sick. And I was like, fuck me. Fuck my life. And I have a couple, like, high-risk employees. I was like, great. Like, I need to go get tested for COVID. Let's fucking do this. Like, I probably don't have it because I just had, like, achy legs and, like, a dry throat. But still, I wanted to go get tested just to make sure. So, I got an appointment for Friday to get tested. And since I've already been tested before, because as you guys know, Corey and I both had a COVID scare a few few months ago. Uh, I already knew how sh- how shitty it is. It hurts. It sucks. Like, it's not an enjoyable experience by any means. It's very painful and uncomfortable. So the whole time going there, I was, like, anticipating that pain. So I was really stressed already. Yeah, but luckily, like, luckily, it's only, it's over after 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, like, doing it a second time sucks, sucks. though. Because you, yeah. you know what's about to happen. It's like how strep throat tests suck. Like, you know it's going to suck. You know how that feels. You have to do it, though. So I drove up. Talk to the nurse. She's like, lay your, tilt your head, you know, do the drill. And I was like, yeah, let's fucking do this. And she sticks the Q-tip up like my right nostril, 
you know, does her thing up there, take it out, looks at it, does my left, take it out, looks at it. And at this point, like she was in both nostrils for about 30 seconds each. So it was like a full minute of just like crazy burning pain. I'm trying not to be a baby. So I'm trying not to like cry or anything. But in my head, I was like saying a million fuck words. <laughs> and she looked at the Q-tip and she was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm sorry. Um, I don't have enough. Like your nose cavity, like your nose canals are like really swollen right now. So it's hard for me to get like a You're lot like, of fluid. Great. Sorry, that's really gross. And I was, she's like, we have to do it again. And I was like, fuck me. Okay. I was like, let's do it. So she does it again. Same exact thing happened. 30 seconds in each nostril, really like going to town in my nose, tears mm. in my eyes at this point. Um, she pulls Is it that out feeling? and again. I can feel it right now. Just like, yeah. Uh. And then she pulls it out and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I still don't have anything. And I was like, fuck. She's like, I'm going to have to just really like, pull, like poke, poke through your like swollen nose cavity. Like, it's going to hurt. Like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, fuck it, girl. Like, let's just do it. Like, let's just get this over with. Not really expecting what was about to happen. So she looks at me. She's like, okay. She's like, tilt your, your chin all the way back. So I did. And she grabbed the Q-tip and she like shoved it hard and like fast as far up my nose clearly just trying to break whatever that like wall was and when she did it we both heard a pop and i felt hot liquid go down my throat i screamed and then i coughed blood i literally like death screamed coughed you have blood. like tb yeah like the number one like biohazard it's, fluid all over this poor nurse it's who's not like sitting 2020 in like 90 it's, it's 1920 yeah like fuck me and the nurse was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like tears as i was like screaming coughing up blood right when this was happening someone pulled up for their COVID test witnessed my like horrified scream (laughs) and like blood splatter fucking like uh (laughs) need for speed like fast and furious out outs of the hospital yeah they like peel out (laughs) i would if i saw that and then finally she like looked at it and she's like, okay. And like, I'm like bleeding from the nose. Oh, and then now like, you know, whenever you breathe through your nose, you can feel like the air to the back of your throat. I yeah. could feel like the air coming through on a different part of like my <laughs> mouth and my tongue. So like she pierced and like punctured like the membrane and like the tissue between like my Yuck. nose and my, the top of my mouth. It healed since then. Just let you guys know, but it sucked and it was very painful. Long story short, she ended up finally getting enough fluid. We didn't have to do the other one, mainly because she probably didn't want blood squirted all over her again. And I was negative. Yay. Yay. (laughs) That's my COVID story. I was still (laughs) sick until uh, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, I finally felt better. And now I'm totally fine. I think it was just like a weird summer cold. It was my first time around like any other friends other than Corey. So I think maybe their germs, my body didn't really know like what to do. I don't know what happened, but it wasn't COVID. So I'm pumped. But it sucked. But now let's talk about uh, knife plus heart. Oh my god! Okay, you have to start because I just have like yeah, you just have to start. Okay. Well, I loved every single minute of it. Yes. Every single minute. It didn't even. It didn't really feel like a horror movie to me. Like I was just so into it. It was more like a drama, but it had a lot of funny, like campy, fun, cute moments that I like. I really loved. Like all their the orgy porno scenes. I loved they were so fun to watch they were just i was like thoroughly enjoying them because it was just so funny and they're so over the top and so like campy and wild and oh yeah they're so campy on purpose i love that oh like especially like the last one where they're in the cave and like whipping that guy yeah he's like like, super over exaggerating it on purpose it's so great and that 
and that guy is like my one of my favorite characters oh, in the yeah. whole entire what's his name like Archie or something but yeah. I and he's like the friend that you want like he's such a good friend he loves Anne he's like supports her <sighs> he also loves Louise like he's he loves like all the cast members he's thinking about them like he's such like uh, I loved him I, I think I, my favorite is the one where she goes and she gets interviewed by those like two cop dudes and yes. then she goes and makes the porno of it of them getting yes. like fucked over the desk that's hilarious i just love it I, it's so fucking yeah. hilarious oh i love it but yeah i, I loved i mean I, I loved every aspect of the movie i did not dig one aspect oh what? Of it, what, what, what? Oh, we're doing like full spoilers right like, yeah full spoilers like yeah you okay. had you had four weeks to watch this so towards the end of the movie um and sexually assaults louise and yes. like, you watch that yes and then 20 minutes later yes uh, louise in the and while she's editing the film realizes that the killer was watching Anne, and so she runs after Anne to go save because Anne. she's still lo- yeah and then she jumps in front of Anne and gets killed for Anne. i yes. disagree because Anne sexually assaults her and it was a pretty violent sexual assault and like it like yeah. made me really uncomfortable to watch oh, it because i was like yes. how far are they about to go with this no it, and it yeah just, like, it's like 100 percent rape yeah yeah and it like brought back some like really intense like triggering memories from like high school for me so mm-hmm. i was like oh like th- they're showing like sexual assault like so many girls have been through this like getting finger blasted and they don't want to yeah. their boobs touched saying your mind things like that so to have her like 20 minutes later and this is after louise even wrote her a note saying like I'm like bigger than you. Like I'm gonna survive this. Like don't ever speak to me uh-huh. again. And I was like, yes, girl, fuck your sexual abuser. To then have her backtrack and go not only save Anne but throw herself in the killer's way and get killed for Anne. I disagreed with that, and that I did not like that. But every other part of the movie I loved. But that I was like, that's too like Hollywood. That's too like movie ending. Oh, tight in a pretty I- bow. The only reason why I think it that it's like it, it bothered me until the very ending where there's that like beautiful ethereal soundtrack of them all in that white room. Yeah. Um, and it like literally made me cry where she sees her like her ghost basically come back to her. And I don't, I don't know. It just it just felt like this. Like, I, I don't know their names. And you said them so much. I'm a little drunk. Sorry. Um, is Anne okay. the main girl? Yeah, Anne's the like the main girl with yeah, the gap Anne. in the tooth, and, and Louise, Louise is her yeah, love. Okay, so when when Anne sees Louise's ghost come back to her, like you know, at the end where it's like the bum 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 yeah. bum bum, and it's like super ethereal. Um, so like she sees it and she sort of like realizes like, oh my god, like I mean, she's already sort of she already sort of did, but it's just this very like, oh my god, I loved you and I hurt you and you still you still loved me somehow. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, again, it was, yeah, I guess that it's very Hollywood and you can see the negative aspects of that. Um, yeah. But I just also thought it was like sort, sort of treating it very real and stark of like, oh, this happens to people that even though they are sexually abused or something like that, they still love these people. And, and that, that causes even more problems and, and that, that it makes the whole situation more negative than it already That's is. That's true. Because, like, um, so she I still loves her, so now she's even killed. Like, now her life's gone. For it, exactly. Her yeah. And, 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 and I think I think you can see it both ways. But I do agree. I was still, like, the whole time I was like, fuck. Like, you're going to, like, I was like, no. Like, this is not happening. You're going to go back and you're going to do that. And you're going to, you, yeah. you still love her? Like, fuck. But at the same time, like, that's, like, you want to be mad at her. But, like, still, that's that's how real life people feel sometimes. Yeah. It's, there's always, really like, sad. conflict. 
And I guess, like, it's one thing going to, like, scream Anne's name and try to save her, but it's the other thing, like, running and jumping in front of her and, like, sacrificing her own life for her. But I see your point, though, because you can also look at it at the angle of, like, well, yeah, like, the abuse was intense enough where she did do that because she was, you know, obviously manipulated to a point and, like, it was it's really confusing well and, and they point that out at the situations. beginning especially like with the whole phone booth conversations where she's like fuck yeah. no like no fuck you we're not doing this again and then they go back and do it again yeah and you can just tell that like they're so each of them are just so caught up on each other's love which i thought was like like taking the whole rape stuff out of it like that was very um unique and refreshing to just see like, you know, you see the heterosexual couples always in these, like, bad love situations where they love That's each other true. so passionately that it's that it's negative, but yet, like, raw at the same time. I've never really seen it, you know, because usually, like, het- or homosexual love is always about just the fact that they love each other and then the, like, outward effects of that. Whereas this yeah. is like, oh, you have these two lesbian lovers and the, like, internal like or like the yeah like the internalized effects that like destructive effects that it has on each other and obviously like the crazy effects it has on Luis it kills her like it's yeah oh, it was so like true. oh like it was just so refreshing it was an amazing to be movie like, oh my god yeah it's just I so great every oh, sorry, single go, second yeah. of it every second of it I loved every yeah. fucking second of it and I loved how like every character side characters or whatever were all like a little gay like every single one <laughs> nobody was super nobody fun. was not queer <laughs> yeah because like when you look at straight like mo- when you look at straight movies everyone's assumed to be straight that's just like what it is everything's yeah. like so hetero it's like sickening but this one is like the t- it's kind of like queer as folk level yeah you basically where... just assume like in le- until somebody shows you that they're straight you're like you're gay <laughs> yeah which you're is queer. so which is so interesting and unique because so you really don't get that with any other movie. And just the way they executed, like, every single scene, every shot, the, the lighting. Like, whoever uh, did the lighting yes. deserves an Oscar, yes. like, 100%. Yes. Like, can and I suck your, your, suck your private parts? I don't even know. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Okay, I'm done. Your turn. Oh, I have time for shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, on, on that note, too, it, I just, like, the whole time I was watching this and especially, like, reflecting on it afterwards, I was like, it's just so refreshing to watch a European film about queer people because they do it so effortlessly. Like you were just saying, like you don't, you, you just, you, you get in this instant mindset of like, Oh, the norm is queer. And unless somebody proves to me that they're home, they're heterosexual, I'm assuming that they're queer, which you don't do in American life, especially and in American film, you don't. And it's just so refreshing. Just like, they don't have to make a state like in all most European queer films or with queer people. They like it, there's never like a focused statement on the fact that these characters or this character is queer. They just are like yeah. it, you're just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just so fucking refreshing. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, so beautiful. And yeah, just it's so it's just so different and it's so refreshing. I loved it. Like it was such like a eye opening and fun movie to watch and i love that it like had those horror elements and mm. so that's what made it oh like, yeah really... like the dildo and... oh the like switchblade dildo yes Fuck. like god damn. and i loved with all of my heart and soul the editing the editing that they did during the kill scenes how it would always be cutting to either like the gay orgy being filmed yes or like 
usually it was related Did to like Anna like, Louise's love or something yeah and like backstory so it's like the the editing that they did for the murders it added like such an emotional depth to it and it was so well executed because you have to do it right if you're going to be switching back and forth between murders and yeah. a different scene going yeah, on yeah doing has like to be stark done. editing like that yeah and it was executed so well that I like it made me almost cry. Like every murder, I was like, oh, I'm so much more emotionally, even though you don't even know these characters that well when they're getting killed, to like feel all the emotions that are going on in all the other scenes and to see like the fear on their face and the like passion and anger from the killer. It's like there's so nah. many emotions that you're feeling. It, they did such a good job. I lo- It was an emotional clusterfuck in those scenes and I loved it. I loved yeah, you get so much passion from that killer and you're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. I loved it. That reveal yeah. was, yeah, that was it was a good good movie choice, Corey. I loved it. Yeah, it's of it. so good. It's so different. I just, uh, um, my last little comments I want to make about the film are yep. one, I love the whole like queer fever dream aesthetic. Yeah, it, it it just literally feels like I'm having a like knock like a what do you call it not 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 nocturnal emissions i can't think of the word uh wet dream like i'm having like this wet nightmare like not a wet dream but this like wet nightmare aesthetic that's like what the fuck is going on this is beautiful it feels like a dream there's this scary shit but it's all queer i i I just love the whole the whole feel of the entire movie and how you like go from this weird porno scenes like these porno sets to these like disgusting under like not disgusting but like dirty underground derelict yeah derelict derelict underground like clubs and stuff to then this like beautiful grove in the european countryside or this french european like this french beautiful countryside it's just so oh my god just all over the place my god i love it (laughs) and then like the like even super side the the, like side note side like story of that 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 woman who was out in the um like oh with her dad with her dad and who's like totally hitting on uh Anne and you're like oh my god I love this like right <laughs> that was so great and uh okay I, w- I have one last point to make too because yes. we haven't even really just touched upon this um at the very end of the movie spoiler alert the killer gets killed by a bunch of gays yeah and there's like this line this guy says he's like oh like you get off by killing fags and then all of these gay guys stand up <gasps> and like they have all these emotions in their face because they're like taking back what people have always done to them and they're yes. like, like we're gonna beat the shit out of this guy because they always do it to us and it was like this such powerful like moment. while there's and porn like projected the on them no it's like projected on them too yeah oh. it was and just the emotion that they all felt because every single character that stood up you looked at them and you realized they have a story like and this is their yeah life. this is their life like their was, their stab yeah yeah it was amazing. I was like, good job, random ass extras they got, <laughs> number one. But yeah. two, like, that was such a powerful scene. And like, oh, you get off by killing fags and they all stand up one by one to stand up for themselves and like fight. I was like, <sighs> yes. yeah, you're like, was, like, this is pride. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, kill the guy. I was like, fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Oh, but yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's such a But fucking his whole story movie. is so sad, too. The killer story. Ugh, everything. It was such. So, so, there's so much for an out for a movie that's only an hour and forty minutes. There's so much packed into it. It's crazy. It's amazing. Go see it. Yeah, go see this fucking film. If for some reason you're still listening to us and you haven't seen this yet, like, fuck, sorry, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it's on Amazon Prime for free, so like, there's that. Oh, it is? It's free right now? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. me. I'll probably watch it again. Like, holy shit. Okay. Yes, daddy. I watched this, amazing. like, two months ago for everybody, and Chana just watched it recently, so. Like I'll probably today. watch it again <laughs> because it's free. I, it was not free when I watched it. Yes. Awesome. Well, our question for you guys is. Anyways. How's your sex life? <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. See you next week.